Perfect Form and Function A Good Omens Podvik Written by Latromi and read by Jab Summary Crowley kneels and awaits Zeofield's instruction in whatever form it may end up taking. Aziraphil was watching him, or at least Crowley was relatively certain he was being watched. It damn sure felt like he was being watched. He really couldn't know, not without breaking the rules to find out. A prickling sensation kept travelling the length of his spine, but a blindfold prevented Crowley from simply opening his eyes to confirm or deny if his instincts were in fact telling him that danger was near. And although he wore nothing to impair his hearing, Crowley knew Aziraphale was more than capable of stalking through any space without a sound. He'd taught the angel that trick himself. Why he felt the need to bestow such abilities onto someone who should have been his hereditary enemy was now far beyond Crowley. Another shiver cursed through him from head to toe. A mixture of anticipation and apprehension thundered in his chest. Crowley straightened his posture, kept his arms crossed neatly behind himself, up and out of the way as instructed. Without sound or sight to tether him, Crowley focused on the senses that remained. He inhaled slowly, smelling the greenery, flowers and soil that surround him. His green room had only expanded in size now that the end of the world was behind them. The air was comfortably warm, even without clothing. Enough time had passed that he wasn't sure exactly how long he'd been there on his knees. The carpet, which had once been a relief from the harsh, cold concrete of his flat, was quickly becoming an irritant. He had been told to kneel with his hands behind him, but not given an exact position beyond that, so as time passed, Crowley had shifted between kneeling upright and sitting back on his feet. He had never been very good at staying entirely still, especially when under pressure. There were so many ways this could go from here. Would this time be more physical? A mostly mindless series of beatings during which Crowley could shut off his brain, attempt to relax, endure and enjoy? Would Aziraphil remove the blindfold, teleport them both to the bookshop and put Crowley to work, cleaning and organizing? Or perhaps begging while Aziraphil read? Would there be instructions to focus on and potentially forget, failures to avoid? It was all in Aziraphil's control now. Had been from the moment the blindfold went on, and Crowley settled into the ordered position. Mercifully, Crowley didn't have to worry or think, just do exactly what his angel told him. Much less awkward that, 
no guessing or fumbling about in hopes he hadn't somehow cocked it all up. A hand landed on his shoulder, snapping through Crowley's hazy, drifting mind and bringing laser-like clarity to his world. The hand urged Crowley forward until the demon was curled over his knees with his forehead to the floor. Another place for the plush luxury of the carpet to go from inviting soft warmth to textured prickly annoyance, given enough time. He let out a sigh, a breath he hadn't been aware he'd been holding onto, as he felt the angel prop his feet up on his back, using his body like a footstool. The edges of Aziraphale's shoe stuck in near Crowley's spine, a grounding point of contact. The wordless manipulation of his body told Crowley exactly what was to come, and, as always, he felt entirely conflicted with the knowledge. Kneeling in solitude was always a curious mixture of nerve-wracking and peaceful. But being treated like this, like one of Aziraphale's prized possessions, always set butterflies loose in his stomach. Crowley was no different than one of the many things that the angel had noticed throughout the millennia, taken a liking to, and collected with the kind of care the demon had only ever seen Aziraphale give to the most special, unique, and rarest of his finds. Such belongings were adored, yes, but still used and appreciated, not merely locked away or displayed without purpose. But Crawley knew this was only the start. These particular scenes always began like this, with a long stretch of silence which left Crowley hyper-focusing on his angel's every-minute sound. Then, just when the quiet threatened to drive Crowley mad, Aziraphale would offhandedly mention to no one at all how wonderful his new table footstool, pillow, or blanket was, as if his latest acquisition had been made just for him. Made with perfect form and function, a perfect complement to his other possessions, fitting his needs exactly. Praise that Crowley could accept, as it wasn't for him, wasn't about him. It was about Aziraphale's prize. Eventually, the facade would break. The angel would smoothly switch to praising Crowley more directly, while gently using and teasing his body until he was desperate and begging, helpless to do anything but accept, repeat, and believe all the compliments and reassurances he'd long denied. Sometimes it only took hours before Zeraphiel made the change. Others, Crowley enjoyed days of being treated as nothing more than an object. 
Aziraphale's object. Aziraphale always seemed to know exactly when Crowley was ready to give in and accept the praise and adoration that he deserved, though he'd had long practice in shrugging it off or pushing it away, as if it meant nothing at all. The angel's feet shifted on his back, and Crowley was left to wonder how long it would take this time. Rather than dwelling, though, Crowley let his mind drift, anchored by the physical connection to his angel and the comforting knowledge that no matter what happened, Aziraphale would see him through. Aziraphale was watching over him, after all. The end.